welcome. Glad that you are here. Question for you real quick. You ever had a time in your life where you felt like you were wrestling with God or you were challenged by him to do something that was beyond your ability? Wow, that was, yeah, hey, let's pray. Thank you, Father. Um, (laughs) uh, I I think um, one of the things in my life spiritually over the years that I have been uh, proud of myself is that I feel like I'm a man of faith. And I feel like if God calls me to do something, um, I will say yes to it. Uh, Especially when I was younger, um, the idea of risking things uh, didn't really enter into the equation as far as like keeping me from doing something. So going into ministry, uh, marriage, children, starting a church. All of, I felt like when God, you know, put those things on my heart, I would say yes. But then this weird thing happened as I got over, older. I began to mitigate risk. Anybody else ever done that? Um, you know, it's just funny. Uh, it's, I, I guess when you're younger, you feel like you have the time to recover if you're wrong. You feel like that um, the world's your oyster. You feel like you can do it. You have the energy. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things that, that are maybe, uh, what, what's the, the, the idea that, um, you know, if you knew all of the stuff ahead of time, you probably wouldn't do it. So maybe ignorance in some ways is bliss. And then experience and age uh, sort of temper that in a way. And I felt like, you know, for the longest time, if, um, if the Lord had told me to do something, just one of the things I was always just proud of myself in is that I would just say yes to that. Chris and I, um, just always, that was our priority. And then as time and age and, you know, those different needs crept in, it was like you sort of, um, you began to talk about the things that you used to do. And not so much the things that you are doing. And you define a lot of your faith by some of the great things you did in the past. And now you're sort of maintaining the things that you had gotten to. If that makes any sense. And I think that um, you know, one of the just maybe um, the more exciting things recently, spiritually, that's happened in my life. is feeling like the Lord has been challenging me with some things. And wrestling with God and not shrinking back from that and not being afraid of that. And really coming to the place where the Lord's just like, are you that same guy? Will you still follow me? Will you still dive in? Will you still give your all to it? I'll give you you an example of that. You know, the church is the 20th year, 20th anniversary. And uh, man, I, I mean, in so many ways, I can't believe that much time has gone by. In so many ways, I just can't believe like... You know, 20 years, wow, that's older people say things like that here. Well, you know, how, how who is then? And so um, just to have that, it's been, been really neat to, to build something, to see the campuses and the, the pastors and the leadership and all of the people and the adventures that God has. It's been a really a wonderful thing, but we spent so long building it, you get to the point where, you know, in, it, in our mid-50s, we sort of are like, okay, let's manage what we have now. It's time to start thinking that way and to have God come in and start challenging again. Will you still follow me? Are you still committed at whatever it is? I, I think one of the things that, uh, that had happened is that, you know, younger, I never thought about, like, what the end would look like. But you start getting older, and whether you like it or not, you think about the end a little bit more. 
I don't mean the very end. I mean like, you know, the time between the end and the end. That, that part right there. <laughs> and so, um, you know, one of the challenges that really the Lord uh, just put in front of us was the idea of like, hey, um, what is this going to look like? Where are you going with it? What, have you, what are you building? For your kingdom, my kingdom? For your glory, my glory? Uh, for your comfort or for my purposes? What is it going to look like? I really feel like the Lord challenging us again with the idea of, hey, you know, I called you to build something that was beyond just getting it to a place where now you could be comfortable or you could be okay. And through this whole process, the Lord encouraging us to cause our campuses to become their own churches, to allow them to grow and to become what God has for them and to be willing to, to kind of not use that as a cushion, but to throw that all in and tell the Lord, hey, it all belongs to you. And I found myself this past winter really wrestling, to be honest with you, really challenged and really at a place with the Lord of like there was some fear involved in it and like, am I still that guy? And, and so I found myself, uh, I don't know that I consciously was saying this, but I caught myself all of a sudden being very aware of conversations like this between me and the Lord. Like, God, if I let go of all this, what will happen to me? And God, if I turn all of this loose right now, what's the future going to be like? Yeah. Sort of like with the idea of, hey, uh, I did this so that, you know, now the reward's going to come back to me, right? Yeah, right, right? And having the Lord really say this to me, that's not what I promised you. It's not that he was saying no to that or that that's off limits or out of bounds, nothing like that. Him reminding, that's not what I, pro here's what I promised you, that if you followed me, I'd take care of you. I never promised you a golf course retirement. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, just really wrestling with that with God and just like, okay, so where are we? And the bottom line, it really came down to this. Without the Lord, like, uh, hey, I'm going to show you what the future is or I'm going to reveal to you all of the answers that you're asking, it really came down to just this. Do you still... Will you give it all to me? Is it really about you following me? And I had this like intense time of wrestling over that issue. I don't feel like God was saying to me, if you don't do this, then you're in trouble. If you don't do this, I'm going to cut you off. If you don't do this, I'm not going to bless you. I don't think it was like that at all. I think it was like him just waiting and leaving. Like, where are you at? And I, The good news is wrestling through that. I just gave it all right back to him again. I will go in lock, stock, and barrel. I may be 55, but I feel like I'm 25. And the most wonderful thing happened to me, and I don't know if you've been able to detect it or not, but it was like that scripture in Isaiah, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Dude, I got this new level of strength that came back to me all of a sudden. And it's just like has perme like my thinking has become younger. I certainly look younger than ever before. I, nobody had to say that. I know that about myself. <laughs> but just feeling, I, I feel good. Just like this place of like surrender happened. So just listen to me real quick. Like the greatest day of renewal came at the end of my rope. Like either, you know, I'm going to control my life and my future or I'm going to let God control my life. And through that surrender, the fear and the scary and 
what it's going to be like and how it'll turn out, has just come this great renewal of passion and love for Jesus like never before. And like, so to have like the, the, the knowledge of the years of serving him and now to have the energy of like someone freshly, boy, when those two things come together, that's powerful. That's powerful. And that's really what this little series is about. It's just about when God is challenging you, when you're wrestling with God, maybe some of the language that you've heard before. When you're in that place where you feel like God is calling you to go up and so you got to give up or you got to stop or go or you've got to be willing to try or move or settle. Whatever it is that he's challenging you with, man, there's that wrestling thing. And here's just the good news. If you're willing to go through that, on the other side of the challenge is the life of God. It's the life of God. It's the thing that you're hoping for, that you're wanting. When you're praying, God, man, I, I want to feel passion. God, I want to be renewed. God, I want that. It's always, when you're praying that prayer, it's a dangerous prayer. Because usually what you don't know that you're praying is, God, send me a challenge. Send me a challenge, because on the other side of the challenge is where the life of God's going to rest. I'm going to use Genesis 32, 24 through 30 as sort of like the little text that I'll teach from tonight. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are talked about as the patriarchs of our faith. If you're not familiar with who they are and uh, what they did, um, I'll teach a little bit about Uh, this man, Jacob, tonight. If you are, it may be a familiar scripture that you've heard of before, but literally it's a story about when Jacob wrestled with God. And he had a literal wrestling with God. But you know as well as I do that when you're wrestling spiritually, it can be (laughs) as taxing as physically. Maybe more so at times. Uh, So it's Genesis 32, 24 through 30. I'll just read it to you and then just pull a few things out to teach you. So Jacob was left alone. That, that's important um, just because of the sentence structure here. So look how this reads. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. So how can you be alone and then wrestle with somebody? So just the thought here is that he's alone with humans, but God never leaves you. God's always with you. So Jacob was alone. Wait, go back real fast. You went too fast. So Jacob was alone, and a man wrestled with him until Daybreak, so he wrestles all night long. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. As he wrestled with the man, it just came out of place. And then the man said, "Uh, let me go because it's daybreak. The sun's rising. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What a strange thing to say in a wrestling match. The man asked him, what's your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but will be Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Powerful. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? And then the man blessed him then and there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. So real quick, just from this, it's not a man that he's wrestling with. He's wrestling with God, and that's why he makes the statement at the end. I'm calling the place Peniel, which I saw the face of God and I didn't die. I wrestled with God, 
and God blessed me. Through the wrestling was a blessing. And so if you've got a pen or a pencil, maybe write these things down. If you're using the online version of the U-Notes, that's great. And if you can just remember everything, man, wow, well done. Uh, just one right here. You can be alone and not by yourself. You can be alone and not by yourself. 24 was that verse that I just showed you. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Um, I don't know if you've ever considered this, if you've thought about this, if you've ever been able to pinpoint this in your life. But many times when we're asking, like, God, speak to me. God, I need to know what to do. God, I'm not sure what to do next. Um, we're looking for that, that, that point of contact. God, answer my prayer. God, show me. God, help me. Uh, many times when we're praying that prayer right now, the very next thing that we should do is get alone. So often we fill our lives with stuff, with noise and with activity and with people. And I'm not saying that those things are bad. They're great things. We just got back from a vacation with all of our family. Dude, that's like taking the whole church on a vacation with us. There are so many of us when we do something. We create our own weather system. There's so many of us when we're together. And it's constant noise, and it's constant activity, and it's constant, like, let's go to the movie, let's go to this restaurant, let's go swimming, let, let's go insane. It's just one of those <laughs> things where it's just constant, right? And the funny thing about it is, man, you're having conversations with everybody, but you're really not. It's, have you ever recognized just the more noise, the more difficult it is to actually hear something? The more that's going on, the, the harder it is for intimacy to take place. The more that's going on, the harder it is to actually focus in and, and to really hear something. And so, although it was, it was, it's wonderful. The noise and the activity, it's wonderful. It's fun, but it's difficult to actually hear something. And generally, when we're praying and we're asking God to answer us or to help us or to show us, the very next thing that we should do is find a way to be alone. Because if you can get beyond all of the noise, you're not by yourself. You're with God, and that's generally when God will speak to you. And if you think about the major stories of the Bible, real quick, think about this. The major stories of the Bible, when God moved in somebody's life, generally they were by themselves when it happened. Jesus often would go to a place by himself to hear from the Father. Paul, multiple times when there was something miraculous going on, he was by himself privately before something would manifest publicly. I think of the times in my life when I needed to hear from God the most. The most important thing that could take place then was getting in a place where I could actually position myself to hear from God. Uh, when I worked in northern Colorado, as a pastor on a staff there, it was, my pastor had a heart attack issue. And as a young pastor, I got thrown into the, hey, you're the pastor of a very large church until I can recover. I was unprepared for that. Now, now I can say that. At the time, I thought, I'm ready for this. <laughs> and about six hours later, I'm like, I did not, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> I remember being in a staff meeting, just all these questions. I never, you know, you don't know till you know. And I was a lousy associate pastor till I knew. Once I knew, I realized really what this pastor needs from me is not to ask him any questions. Just carry out what he needs done. And so 
I remember being at that place like, God, I just, I so need to hear from you. I don't know what to do. I, I just going crazy trying to, trying to hear. I got in my car. You know, northern Colorado at all. There's a res- horse tooth reservoir. And it was in the spring, so it's still cold in Colorado. And I drove my little Honda up to horse tooth reservoir, got out. Nobody's at the reservoir. There's this huge boulder I climbed up on top of, and I just laid there. I know that sounds super, super strange, but God met me by myself on that rock, and it was so good that that became my regular weekly date with God. (laughs) I would go to this rock, and God would meet me. Not that he wasn't with me. Not that I couldn't feel his presence. Not that like when we were worshiping or I would hear a message. Not like I couldn't hear from God at any other time. But just that intimacy with the Father, when I would get alone, he would meet me there. You understand? Sort of like it works like that with humans too. Chris and I on the vacation, the majority of it was spent with a lot of people. But the first part we drove, we went to San Antonio, Texas in July and then topped it with Phoenix right after. (laughs) Nobody told us it's hot. We We didn't know. So we go to San Antonio, and between here and San Antonio was a lot of miles and just the two of us and great intimacy to reconnect. Maybe it was, in that way, the best part of the vacation. The part of just the time and the seclusion and the intimacy and the same thing with God. Now, I don't have to drive to Fort Collins. I don't have to find Horse Tooth Reservoir. You know my place right now? It's my backyard. Years and years ago, we bought our house. I planted all these great trees. I knew at some point it would be an awesome place just to go get lost, and it is. Man, you can't find me back there if I don't want to be found. And I can just go back there, and it's funny. Because in that effort to be alone, I can hear God's voice so easily. I just... I'm throwing something out to you. Maybe you're crying out right now like, God, I need to hear from you. God, it's really important. God, it's really critical. And instead of getting alone, you're asking a lot of people what you should do. Stop and go get alone. God will meet you there. He's got something for you. If you're having trouble hearing, get alone. Here's the second one real quick. Uh, Just promises by perseverance. Promises a lot of times come to your life through perseverance. Uh, Verses 25 and 26, uh, when the man saw that he could not overpower him. Now, real quick, God obviously could overpower him. So that's not, here's what it's really saying. When God saw that he wouldn't give up, that's the important thing. When God saw that he's not going to go away. Remember when Jesus is teaching on prayer and, and he teaches about the person that asks, seeks, and knocks, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep, don't give up perseverance and and promises are so connected. So when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. This sentence, Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. This is what God is calling us to, man. Hang in there with me till I bless you. If you want it, how much do you want it? Desperate for me? Come on. Don't give up easy. Don't quit. Don't stop. Go deep. 
How about this? I wrote this in my notes. I'm not sure that, that it's in yours. The great equalizer for those of us without all the talent in the world is perseverance. <laughs> you hear what I said? What you didn't get by a pedigree, you can get through perseverance. I remember the, the year we started the church, I went up to hear a pastor in Seattle that was a great church planner. He's a guy that he mentored people and he taught people. And we get there, here's the first thing that he says. There's, I, there's thousands of people there. Here's the first thing he said. They were in their 20th anniversary at the time. And he said, we made it by outlasting our critics. And I thought, there's, that's not super deep or spiritual or... Like, I wanted like a, you know, like we took the gates of hell and we stormed and we, and he's just like, we outlasted the critics. Here I am. Listen to this. So like I started 20 years ago thinking, I got this. And after six hours, I realized I did not ask for this. This was more than I thought it was. I'm being a little facetious, having fun. But the bottom line was what I have learned, what you did not get by natural talent. I know and am very comfortable now with who I, I know I'm short. <laughs> I know I'm not Billy Graham. I know, I know. But I also know what I am. And I'm not trying to be something I'm not. I'm trying to be good at what I am. Yes. What I am? Yes. Dude, I'm here. Yes. And I'm not going away. <laughs> that makes sense? So sometimes that's what it is. Show up and stick to it. Don't stop. Here's what the Lord told me a long time ago. The only one that can stop you is you. Don't let the devil convince you to stop. Keep going. Just keep walking. <laughs> You know, sometimes just, I wrote this message. This, this is for those that, that, like, just a supernatural thing that happened for me. A mentor in my life is here this weekend. Uh, his name's Greg Surratt. Has one of the, the greatest churches in America, in Charleston, South Carolina. You talk about a booming church. You talk about a guy that's done it right. And he came into my life right in the first or second year of our church. And just offered himself to me. And was, I mean, it's just been such a mentor and a friend to me over the years. Just so far ahead of me, but never doesn't act like that. Makes you feel like you're like him. What a treasure that is. Right? And so at different times when things have become difficult or hard or I didn't know what to do, I've gotten on a plane and just gone to Charleston. And just, just shared with him. And going through something a few years ago. It was just difficult and feeling like maybe I'm done. And maybe I just can't go on anymore. And maybe this is a sign. Isn't it funny how you can convince yourself that things are signs from God? Yeah. Maybe this is a sign. So go to Charleston. Go to a golf course with him. Pour my heart out. So what we do is we go to a person hoping a person can say to us what only God can say. And he was smart enough to just say this to me. He said, I just want to give you a scripture. Galatians 6, 9. Greg, do you remember saying this to me? Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. God, that's not sophisticated. 
That's not super deep. That's just simply a promise from God. If you don't quit, I'll bless you. And I came back from Charleston. All my pastors, what are we going to do? We're just not going to quit. Kim DeMay took that scripture and put it on a, um, a framed thing. It sits right in my closet now, right where I have to see it. Everything that I do, Galatians 6, 9. I read it every day. Don't give up. What you didn't get by pedigree, you can get through perseverance. Hebrews 10.36, the apostle writes, you need to persevere to receive the promises of God. After doing the will of God, persevere. Hang in there. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let discouragement stop you. Don't let critics just talk you. Just keep going. Because if you'll hang in there, you'll get the promises of God. Sometimes that's not glamorous. There's, there's just no great, like, raw. it's just show up. Do your best. Don't be something that you're not. Be good at what you are and do it for the glory of God. Maybe that's just, it's just what it is. Here's the third one. Uh, let me just talk quickly about challenge and breakthrough in your life. Challenge and breakthrough. Verse 28 just reads this way. Uh, then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but I'm going to change it. Uh, for, for a Hebrew at that time, a name was a little sentence. So we just hear like, you know, say my name, John. All we hear are just John. John actually is a, it's a Hebrew name that means um, God's promise. Gift of God. So literally, when you say my name, you're saying he's a gift from God. I'm going to say it one more time. I'll slow down. It's like when you say my name, you're saying he's a gift from God. My buddy's back there and he's watching. What's... So just fake it even for me. So... <laughs> so his name's Jacob. Jacob means supplanter. And if you remember the story about Jacob, he stole his brother's birth. He put himself in a place he didn't belong in. He, he, he took the place of. And he didn't have the right to be there. He was a, a, a thief. He, 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 took the, he was a supplanter. It's one of the gifts of the enemy. A, a supplanter. And, and his name gets changed at this point. Father of many. You're an overcomer. You're, you're, a, you're a man of God. You're a person of per. You're not that person. You're this person. This is who you were, but you can't be who you were and become who you are. There's got to be a break in there. And so that's what the angel, this is what God is saying. You're not that person anymore. You're now this person. And there's just something with challenge and breakthrough go hand in hand. Your new season, your new ability, your new life, your new level is on the other side of the challenge. Through the challenge comes the new identity, the new character. So real quick, uh, this, years and years, I don't remember who said this, but I thought it was just, it was smart, it stuck with me. Uh, adversity, uh, adversity is where character is built. Not in prosperity. 
Prosperity demands that you have the character. And often what people want is just give me the prosperity. But God can't give you prosperity if it's going to harm you and kill you. So when you pray, God bless me. God make me. God give me. God do this. Usually the first thing that God will do is send a challenge. Because on the other side of the challenge then is the character to handle the prosperity. That make sense? The prosperity comes through the challenge. Character is developed in challenges. But it's demanded in prosperity. The last one just simply seeing God face to face. Maybe the most important thing about this story. Maybe the thing to remember, the thing to hang on to, the thing to understand about this story. It's just ultimately that Jacob got to meet God face to face. He didn't, he didn't know him from a distance. He didn't know him based on what somebody else said about him. It wasn't a message that he heard a teacher teach. He got to meet God for himself. He went face to face, and it ultimately was a great blessing for him. So Jacob called the place Peniel. Remember, it's a little Hebrew sentence, these words, uh, saying, here's the sentence. It is because I saw God face to face. Peniel means face to face. And yet my life was spared. God blessed me. God did an awesome thing. Um, when I was studying for this, I remembered a, a scripture from the Old Testament about Moses. In, in the book of Exodus, Genesis, Exodus, like can anything good come out of Exodus? Yeah. There's a scripture when it talks about Moses' relationship with God, it says this. God would talk to Moses face to face like a man talks to his friend. And then Jesus in the New Testament, in the book of John, says this. No longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends. God's desire for you is to talk to you face to face. Is to look you in the eye and to bless you. God is not against you. God is not judging you. God is not stopping you. God is not in the way. God is not the block, the problem. God is the door, the key. He is the everything and he wants to go face to face with you because he has something miraculous for you and so often we find ourselves avoiding the face to face because we're afraid just like what Jacob said if I go man I'll die something will happen and we're unwilling to risk and maybe it goes back to the very first thing that I said when you talk about challenges are they all in reference to what you used to do as opposed to what you're doing right now. When's the last time you went face-to-face -face with God? When's the last time you risked it? When's the last time you put it out there? When's the last time you said, God, I'll lay it all out. I'll hold nothing back. I won't keep anything for myself. I'll put it all on the table, and I will follow you. The great reward in doing that is not the stuff. The great reward is that you'll get God. And if you get God, you win. And maybe that is the very reason why you came this weekend is because you're searching and you're desiring and you're wanting. God wants to meet you this weekend. And maybe you walked in and you have no idea why you're here. And maybe you're not sure what you even believe. Even that is not enough to keep God from wanting to bless you, to know you, for you to know him. You're not here accidentally. 
you're not here just because someone invited you or because it worked in your schedule. You're here because God has an appointment with you. And he has something supernatural for you. I think it's just absolutely significant that when Jesus describes his relationship with us, the one word that he uses is friends. Of all the things he could have said, of all the things that could have been used to talk about what the relation... Friends. Do you know God is a friend? Because that's how he sees you. And his desire is to draw you into a friendship. A friendship. You want to pray with me? Father, I just want to thank you that you care for us so much that you call us friends. And God, I know um, people have a lot of preconceived ideas about you. A lot of times we grow up with what somebody else has told us about God. And a lot of times it can be such misinformation. We can think that God is angry. We can think that God is judging. We can think that God is difficult and not realize that you call us friends. Lord, for a person who hears this this weekend and is struggling with that issue, show yourself as a friend to them. Help them to know you as a friend. To enjoy who you are, what you want to do. Father, I just pray that you'd speak to us right now and help us. For those who are going through a challenge right now, you know, I frame it when I teach sort of with a little bit of humor and maybe a little bit of a lighter heart, but I know a challenge can make you totally feel like your life is slipping away. You can feel like in the challenge that you're never going to get to the other side. You can feel like what I said, you didn't ask for this. Um, it's really easy in the middle of a challenge to assign a lot of mistaken identity to it. To think that it's a sign that God's against you or that God's trying to stop you or that God doesn't want to bless you. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. God loves you and he cares for you and his heart is turned towards you. And that challenge, maybe if you can hear what I'm saying, it might be the very answer to the prayer you're praying of God speak to me or God bless me or God help me or God show me. And rather than being afraid or resisting or controlling or mitigating, maybe there's just the opportunity to surrender. I'll ask you, are you still the same person? Is your heart still turned towards belief? towards saying yes where are you at with that it's so easy 
to hit a place in life and think that's for somebody else. Pastor, I did those things, or Pastor, it's too late for me, or John, I just can't afford to think that way. Hey, God will always love you. God will never leave you. He won't forsake you. But you're choosing... You're choosing less than the life he has for you. In worship, it was said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give life, and not just any life, but abundant life. Maybe that's the question. Are you experiencing abundant life? That's a promise of God. Father, help us. God, when we realize where we are, who we are, what needs to happen, it can be pretty overwhelming. God, just help us. Thank you for your grace and for your mercy and for your love. Let us meet you face to face. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to me.